When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From roommates to co-hosts. This is the Backcheck with Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner, your go-to destination for New York hockey and NHL news. And now it's time to drop the puck. Here are your hosts, Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 13 of the Back Check. Brendan here, Stefan here. We're at, we have a great episode planned today. I mean, we're going to start it off with a lot of animosity from my end. But Stefan, how you doing today, buddy, before I get all red in the face? You're already red in the face. I'm, Brendan, every episode is a good episode. You don't have to start with that. It's, I mean, nah, we, but, we but today, to, today is, a, is a comedic episode because of the epic failure that I had on just in front of everybody yesterday. So it's a special twist on this one. Well, well, before we get to that, first off, Brendan and I went to SUNY Cortland. We were part of the Sport Management Program, and we are very fortunate to be partnering up with them. So let's give them a little read, shall we? So SUNY Cortland Sport Management is a proud sponsor of the Backcheck. In the SUNY Cortland Sport Management Program, students get hands-on training in sport event management and sport media production. The sport management department is the oldest sports-specific major in New York State and boasts an impressive list of alumni, something me and Brendan know a lot about. To get more info about the program, go to courtland.edu slash SPM or look up Cortland SPMG on your favorite social media. SUNY Cortland Sport Management, where the tomorrow's sport industry leaders practice their craft. And Brendan, shout out to our Professor Voris who helped us get this all going because we took a class with him. And it was a podcasting class. I remember me, you, and someone else, uh, our friend Tommy Dolan. Shout out to him. We spoke about the hockey playoffs I'd never done before. What a weird thing that was. Talking yeah. with that was the most awkward podcast I've ever been a part of. But we realized it was our it was our thing. I mean, ever since we've been doing stuff. So shout out to Boris and Sport Management Program and Tony Corbin, helping us find what we want to do in life. So thank you again. Yeah, no, it was a good time at that school for a lot of reasons. Uh, <laughs> but the sport management department was dope. Uh, so can I, can I get things kicked off now? At no, my... no, actually, not yet. Not yet. Why so, not yet? I right, fine. Go, go. Oh, you want to talk about your signaling? You want to talk about yeah, your, your city driver? Really, yeah, Cause you're not really a real pissed. city driver. No, I'm not. I'm not a city driver. I work on Long Island, live on Long Island, right? You don't signal. What, what is wrong with you? I know, Brendan, I, you don't signal either. I've seen you driving around Brooklyn. It's like you're on a roller coaster and you want to do whatever you want. Fine. But I drive around Long Island all day and it's just the audacity of some people to just Cut right in front of you. If you're going to cut me off, just give me a chance to, not for your sake. I don't really care about you. Or you got to be paying attention. I'm paying attention. When, you, when it's bumper to bumper traffic and I'm waiting to get into a lane and you just swing out in front of me, what would you like me to do? If I hit you. It's your fault. It's my fault. That's not fair. That's just good business. It's, it's BS. And, you know. it's, it's good business. All right, get, get to your. Get to your you, you know, it's not good business. You see, well, you see that segue. Yeah, it was great. That's a good segue. Listen to me. I woke up yesterday. 
Chris Breezy? I did. I wish because I would have <laughs> thrown the bet. I I woke up and I had a very vivid dream that Colin Blackwell was going to score a goal for the New York Rangers and that he was going to skate down the bench, dap up the bench. I saw his little beard, little misshapen over here, and I was like, okay, I got to bet this. I called every single one of our friends. I told you about it, and I said, I had this dream. I have to find a way to throw it. The only site I could find Colin Blackwell having a goal on that was legit was FanDuel, like DraftKings, those. But, of course, you can't bet that in New York State. So I went through all my resources, couldn't find somebody to throw it for me. Colin Blackwell scores a goal. And for those of you that don't believe me and think I'm making this up, I put it on Twitter at 540 saying I had a dream that Colin Blackwell was going to score a goal. And I can't believe it happened. I really can't believe it happened. It was plus 550. I would have made a nice little handful of cash. But no, because God help New York State legalizing mobile sports betting. Well, you forgot a big detail there. What hand? Oh, yeah. In my dream, he was dapping up the bench with his right hand. The only time the Rangers forwards skate that way to the bench of the second period, he scored in the second period. It's very eerie. I was hoping that last night I would dream about lottery numbers, but that didn't come to fruition. So I'm now sitting here cashless and very angry. And I know that I will wake up in three weeks and just remember this feeling and just go, ah, damn it, and go right back to bed because I'm going to be pissed off. Well, me and you are in a nursing home. I'm going to bring it up. I'm never going to forget it. I took a screenshot of the tweet. I took a screenshot of the messages I sent my cousin that lives in Jersey, but of course he's at school in Delaware, so it's not legal there either. And I said, you you got to be kidding me. So I'm going to make a blanket, I think. You know, you can make those custom blankets where you can put the images. I'm going to put that on there, and I'm going to sleep with it just to remind myself of my failure. What about your family member who I won't name that threw bets for me? Maybe or maybe not. That's my cousin. That's Delaware? He's at Delaware now. So why didn't he throw for your fan duel? Because he's in Delaware. The mobile sports, it's sports not betting is not legal in Delaware. I got caught in the perfect storm, Stefan. I tried. Speaking of storm, guys, stay safe tomorrow. It's going to be a snowy one. Stay safe tomorrow. If you're listening in Texas, I wish you the best right now. It's a disaster <laughs> there. It's crazy. I, I don't even know what happened. I just, what happened was they, they don't have the infrastructure for the cold winter storms like we do, and they got hit hard. And everything's freezing over. I know for my job, I work with nurses. There's hospitals that have water pipes that are frozen and bursting. Like they're really not prepared for this. And it's it's kind of scary to see how quickly Mother Nature can just destroy us. But we got to talk about some hockey. Oh yeah, hockey. That's that's why we're here. We're that, that's that's shooting. what our show's about. Not about we're not weather.com. We are a <laughs> hockey podcast. And we have some league news to get into because this weekend. There was a big outdoor thing that's going to go on called Lake Tahoe, right? I mean, everyone's familiar with Lake Tahoe. Pierre, Edward Belmar thought they were going to be playing on the lake, which is just a complete safety hazard. Come on, Pierre, you got to be better than that. But it it's going to be awesome to watch. And the question is, will the Rangers be sneaking into an appearance on Sunday? Probably not, but there's an outside chance that they might be. Well, this whole thing with the Flyers is just... It's, uh, it's so unfortunate. I mean, we've seen COVID. We'll get to it more in detail about how much COVID has taken this season by storm. But the Rangers do sneak in. I'll just be embarrassing because they'll lose on a big stage. And I don't know if you can handle that, Brennan. No, the Rangers are 3-0 and in outdoor games. They don't lose outdoors. 4-0, and actually. Yeah, well, you, well what, your famous line when we're, we're talking about throwing bets is, well, something's got to lose eventually. So I mean, that is very true. It holds true forever. It will hold true the course of time. Nobody will ever go undefeated, which means somebody has to lose eventually. And yeah. if they played the Bruins outdoors the way they played them, not, not, I can't even say that because now everyone's hurt. It, it, we're not talking about them yet. Okay, fine. Fair enough. Well, I think Saturday's going to be fine. Just fine. Yeah. You got Vegas versus Colorado. That's going to be fun. And again, those are two teams that we spoke about at the beginning of the year that are probably going to finish – it should be in the Western Conference Finals. That's just how it should go. But remember, oh, there yeah, is they, no Western Conference Yeah, whatever Conference they call final. it now. They're going to end up playing. That could so. be the Stanley Cup. Yeah, that's kind of actually disgusting. That's pretty that cool. I, about it. I think it's pretty cool. Because you, you can have an interdivisional Stanley Cup. Yeah, that's bizarre. Like, obviously, when you hear interdivisional, the East can't play an East team in the Stanley Cup. But the Carolina Hurricanes are usually in the Metro. They could technically play an East team in the Cup. And that's like playing a Metro Division foe. To me, that has, it's unique because there will be no other season like this after it. So, well, you cool. don't don't say that. I no, don't know. I, I'm knocking on wood, but it, it's we're we're getting in the right direction. Vaccines are starting to go out. Uh, I'm a huge Florida, I'm no a COVID. huge fan of the Canadian division. 
I love seeing the Canucks get absolutely stomped. Okay, now you brought this up. So before you finish your point, I have a question for you. Connor now, McDavid I, yeah. is like a front runner for, you know, hard again. And there's a lot of front runners. Austin Matthews has talked about as being a front runner. I personally don't think their success would be the same playing against other teams. I think that division is just putrid defensively. Except except Montreal. But even Montreal has come back to life. Yeah, but they're still probably one of the – they're probably the best defensive team in that division. Which is what proves my point. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, all the stats this year, it's going to be like baseball last year. Like Trevor Bauer is one of the best pitchers in baseball, and he's going to get a huge contract. It's like, look what he – I know. He was not – he was in a pretty good division last year, but it was a shortened season against X, Y, Z opponents. So do you really count that? that like, that's the biggest thing. Do you count this as a season? Of course, McDavid probably has a great year against everybody else. But how many times is he playing the Canucks? How many times is he playing the Senators? I mean, yep. it's ridiculous. Look at the teams in the East. You know, they should wait. Remember Hellebuck last year? He wins the Vesna. Tukarask had the better stats, but based on Hellebuck's team, Winnipeg Jets, Buffalo not back, issues they had on defense in general, their team, he won. But you look at a team in the East now, and players in the East going against, you know, obviously defense is a strong point for a, a number of teams in the East. Yep. Often just the bigger, but are we are we gonna waste stuff now? Hellebuck was weed. If you if you were saying Vesna is the best goalie in the league, uh, Tuka Rest technically statistically was the best netminder in the league. So are we just gonna weigh things in the future? Is that how we're gonna do it now? The, depending on which divisions the strongest, we're gonna go. Okay, they deserve the. You know, they had a harder competition. I mean, anyone in the East has a harder competition than Canada. They do. Well, I mean, Hellebuck played more games than Rask. Oh. He, had, he had some better numbers. But. I agree with Hellebuck getting it. I just think the system's a little flawed. But if we're going to do that now, we're not going to go based on stats and we're going to weigh in other things like factors like the teams, then I feel like you got to do that for the divisions and for these awards as well. You you have to. They will. I I mean, if McDavid but, scores 100 points in 56 games, it's, it's hard <laughs> but to how say. Many, but how many players, though, this year are going to be – could be the star elite players could be a point per game or more players. There's a handful of them. No, there's a lot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look what Pasternak has done since he came back. But if you have Austin Matthews, let's let's just make this up. You have Austin Matthews going against, um, I don't know, let's just for fun, Pasternak for best player in the league, whatever it is. Well, the East Division is just a better team. I mean, so it, it depends on the overall stats at that point. If yeah, Matthews if, is 30 points more. No, no. But if it's close and you go, well, they play, let's say the season ends in Ottawa, Vancouver, Edmonton, let's say, making it up. Three worst defensive teams in the league. And then Pasternak, and you have the the Islanders, even the Rangers, uh, Flyers are like, let's say, three best. I'm making it up again. And Pasternak had scored more goals, more uh, more goals, maybe less assists, but was around there. I feel like Pasternak's deserved it. Yeah, but they didn't if do that last year. They gave it to Dreisaitl when McDavid carried, um, not McDavid, McKinnon carried the Avalanche, and there was nobody within 40 points of him. And Panarin carried the Rangers. So, I don't know how their MVP vote is going to go, but uh, who do you got, Vegas or Colorado in game one in Lake Tahoe? I have the utmost confidence right now in Marc-Andre Fleury, so I'm going to say Vegas. Awesome. I'll take Colorado. Aaron, Philly versus Boston. Who do you got Rangers. if that happens? Uh, Philly versus Boston. I just, these are such good games. I just think Boston. I um, I just like a lot what I've been seeing from Boston, and I know Tuka Rass is probably going to be in there. He's having a, a great season, and I just – they have guys coming back. They have guys getting healthy, and I think that they're just a better team. Awesome. I'll take Philly. Cool. So we'll get split down the middle there. And the NHL has announced that they have 29 more games that have been rescheduled. Six more postponements still have to get rescheduled. They hit the century mark when it comes to players on the COVID protocol list. Not nice. right now, but over the course of the season. So do you think that it's time for a little bit of concern, or do you think we got past the initial – okay, this stinks, and now they're going to figure it out a little bit more. Well, I think the changes they made, I don't understand the one behind the, the bench, the glass, because first off, I think that causes more issues. I one, don't, I don't understand because it doesn't help. Two, these delay game penalties now, you have to assume there's glass there. So what are they taking, mental rulers? Or Sorry, I don't even know. The mental rulers, whatever, to measure, okay, would have hit. Like, that's that's dumb. You can't the assume anything. In hockey. Officials judgment. Yeah, and we see how officials judge things with other rules. <laughs> I'm glad like you that. said that. I'm glad because, you said it, not me. I mean, I, I mean, I'm sorry. It's just, 
it's just I don't understand that the behind the bench removing the glass to airflow. These guys are all with each other. What airflow? The fans airflow? Well, now, well, don't, don't get me started on that because listen, I take COVID. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I don't say I take it as seriously as you do. I try to, you know, I have to live my life a little bit every once in a while, but I do take it seriously. My family takes it seriously. But the funniest thing in all sports, not just hockey. The players put the mask on when they get to the bench, but when they go out, they're fine. Alexander Georgiev, the Rangers' backup goalie, wears a mask on the bench. Oh, but he, think- he plays. He plays, and he doesn't wear a mask. So, I mean, what is it? Selective to when it's going to attack? Listen, when you line up for the face-off dot, and your head is pretty much headbutting the ref and the other player, you're, you're within six feet. It doesn't matter. At that point, it doesn't matter. But then if they put the mask on after, oh, it's okay. We mitigate it. Like the whole thing, even the NBA, when they, they play against each other, they're in close contact. You're posting up each other, no mask. But if you go to the bench, you have to sit six feet apart and you have to wear your mask. I mean, at that point, it's already transmitted if there was COVID in the facility. What do you think about you know the craziness that's happening with COVID in the NHL, right? And now we're allowing fans into the building. Is it, it, is it it, like it, a, I know it's money making. It's all about money. It's It's not as bad as you think. It's not as bad as thing. I know, but I'm saying though is you're having a major, major issue in the NHL. Now you're gonna be yes, these guys are getting tested, blah blah. You could get COVID within five minutes. What if a player tests positive during a game? We saw that happen in Vegas where a player tested positive, leaves the game. They're nowhere near the fans. But you just remove the bench. You just remove the glass behind the no, bench. No, now the airflow is so everywhere. I, I went to the Florida game. Yeah. I have firsthand experience now. I'm an NHL <laughs> insider with three R's. Yeah. I uh you're not allowed to sit in those sections. Like yeah, okay. you're not anywhere within 10 rows, 12 rows, whatever it was of the glass. Like the seating started 15 rows up from the ice. So there, there's no way that they're coming anywhere near you. And they're all taped off like they because they still have the sponsor tarps. Yeah. So the seating starts well behind that. I'm trying to go to the Coliseum on my birthday, March 6th. They now play the Sabres. I would love to go to that game. Or game hey, Saturday. at Islanders, you, you hear this? He wants to go on his birthday. When's your birthday, Stefan? Say it louder. March, March 6th. March 6th. Islanders, set it up. Hook up tickets to the back check. But now Lula Marillo is saying he doesn't know when fans will be allowed because he's taking this very seriously, which he should, which completely understand. This is also a guy that uh, he's only letting the Islanders wear the reverse retro three times this year because he's against those. Oh, because it's the same as their home jersey. No, it's just he doesn't like change. <laughs> doesn't like change. So it is what it is. But, Brendan, Alex Galchenyuk <laughs> is reminding me of Mike Sillinger. Yeah, he's going to try to play for every team in the league. Okay. Galchenyuk is, I think, 24 or 25 teams away. From playing for – yeah, he's not getting there. Okay. No, he's not. No, but I didn't, I didn't say – seventh? This is I lost, I lost track. I, all I remember from him is one good year with the Canadians, right? One good year. And then nothing. Yeah. I mean, he just checked off three teams in two days. He went from Ottawa to Carolina to Toronto. Who was the one that was traded from Ottawa to Carolina and drove down with his dog? Cedric Paquette. Okay. Hysterical. He didn't know how his dog was going to do. And they asked him an interview, uh, a question during his interview about it. And he goes, yeah, she was such a good dog. Or something <laughs> like that. Just so funny. He didn't. He traveled with. They packed everything in the car. Made the drive. I, and I can't imagine being a person in that car, let alone a, a dog that needs to go out for walks. It's crazy. But yep. good dog. Good dog there. But yeah, Galchenyuk traded from Ottawa to Carolina, then sent by Carolina to Toronto. Ryan Zazingo returns to Ottawa, which I like. And Cedric Paquette, like you said, joins Carolina. Carolina receives Igor Korshkov and David War- Warsawski from Toronto. I like... Zingo was like a depth guy that I really liked. And I think Ottawa realized that... Um, no, they're rebuilding. This is a guy you probably want on your team. Yeah, I mean, for Ottawa, it makes sense. And for Carolina, it does too. Because they get Paquette and Dezingle, they already have skill. So they don't need that Dezingle type player where it's more, he has the ability to score. Like, get the Paquette guy that's won it all last year, that knows how what it takes to win. Put that on your third, fourth line and let him contribute there. And they obviously don't need Galchenyuk. They have scoring already. So they got some pieces for him. I They... Definitely like something. Carolina knows how to scout and, and draft. Well, the Trocheck trade. Yeah. I like that a lot. I, he's, he's such a good player. When I went to Florida and watched the game, he was – couldn't miss him. He was doing everything on the ice. And when he got dealt, I kind of kind of hurt. Even though I wasn't a Florida fan, I felt for Florida fans because you know, that's a guy in your locker room that's – I'm pretty sure he controlled the Hawks every game they said. During the, like, this was a guy that was a real big part of this team. Ship him like, like, like an Amazon package. It's crazy. Yeah. But if you want to chuckle, Brendan – 
I was reading about you know Toronto fans roasting the heck out of John Tavares for the abysmal play he's playing. People are writing that he's probably one of the worst contracts in Toronto history. I just I, I eat it up. I eat it up. And I eat it up. But um, let's, uh, I'm sure that tickles you know, your funny bone. I didn't hate the guy when he left. But now that people in Toronto, it's great because biggest stage can't get it done and it is what it is. But Brendan, before we get to some Islander talk and then we'll be joined by uh, Natalina to talk some Rangers, what do you think of the Golden Knights uh, gold helmets that just burn your eye sockets? Atrocious. I don't care. I don't care if you liked it. If you liked it, one, you're wrong. Two, those were <laughs> atrocious. I The Kings wore chrome silver in that outdoor game. Yes, yes. I said it then. I said I hated it. It was gross. Please give me these solid colors. That I, I mean, when you drive, right, and the sun comes out, everyone slows down. It's annoying as hell. People put on their sunglasses. You can't drive anywhere. It's the same thing. That should be illegal. How could the other goalie see the puck when the, the light's reflecting off their domes? I mean, come on. Those what do you think? Ugly. What do you think is better though? Those things or the Dallas Star glow in the dark ones? Pretty much. The jerseys, hundred percent. I'm trying to look back. They wore them yesterday, right? Uh, they wore them three days. Now they they can't stop wearing them. Okay, uh, well, the Vegas Golden Knights. Let me just look back. They won one nothing on Sunday. Was, they won them. They they wore those in that game. Okay, so they screwed Colorado pretty much. Colorado yeah, couldn't see the puck. Colorado that's couldn't why, see the puck. That's why they didn't score. Got reflectors on their heads. Yeah, that's that's just that's absurd. I don't like them at all. I think they're really freaking stupid. And I think after the first time wearing them, you just you just can't do that. Someone I don't really like, their... to like them. Well, first off, first off, let's go to before we get to the Islanders talk, like advertisements in general, like the Super Bowl commercials, right? How many people saw those commercials and went? Yes, let's let's do this for millions of dollars for thirty seconds. Let's. I love this. This is great. And you watch the commercial and go, "What the? Heck? This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life." It's stupid, but you know what? It, it is what it is, Brendan. It is what it is. And Vegas, if it's gonna help them win hockey games, strategic advantage, advantage right there. Yeah, I mean, they're playing with five D, right? So I guess the helmet's the sixth. All right, let's go to hometown hockey. Obviously, we'll start with the Islanders. We'll get into yeah. some Ranger talk, and Adelina Focarelli is going to come on. She's going to talk Rangers with us too, and then we'll carry over the Rangers conversation post-interview as well. But the Islanders are doing the exact opposite of what the Rangers are doing. Well, after going on a five-game skid, the Islanders are now on an eight-game porn streak. They take two games in Buffalo. First off, Buffalo is coming off and haven't been played since January 31st. Yeah. It's terrible. They don't get shots on goal. Varlamov, outstanding on Monday. He stopped um, 21 shots. He did not face a single shot in the third period. Sorokin, his first NHL start that he had a lead in happened. A 2-0 lead, they win 3-0. He was outstanding. He makes 20 saves. 14 of them were high danger chances. I could go go through all of them, but you'd rather just read my article, NYI Hockey Now. I wrote a a piece on it, breaking down each thing. But one of the saves I'll talk about, you like that right there. Yeah, I know Kristen does too. That's a good plug. Thank you. I do my job. Um, One of the saves I think goes under the radar is in the first period, before the Islanders even scored, Taylor Hall got on a breakaway. And Sorokin made it look easy, completely easy. First off, Taylor Hall never picked up his head. Which when I watched the replay, I was kind of shocked because this is Taylor Hall, usually a confidence guy. I feel like if you look down at the puck, you're not as confident. And he went right to the back end. Sorokin stayed with him. Islanders find a way to score. And, you know, the rest is history. But that's a big play. I think it's a turning point because if he allows that in, now he's trailing, which he's done every time he's played an NHL game. The Islanders haven't done well when he's, the, when he's allowed a goal. So he makes great saves the whole entire game. There was a stretch, though. He made a six save on Yoki Haru, a glove save. For the next 15 minutes and 39 seconds, he did not face a shot. I mean, okay, so I give credit to the Islanders for that. Uh, it's more the Sabres having to the they're not They're not good. And Brendan, I'm, I said not, I'm not saying the Islanders. The Islanders did a great job. They did what they had to do. But you got to get a shot. Dump I it on goal, for God's sake. So we had our game, which we didn't even talk about yet. We'll save that for later. No. But uh, in that game, my, my dad was keeping little notes for me because we had to run to hockey. And he goes, all right, Varlamov didn't make a save, but he touched the puck. I think maybe he went behind the net to just feel what a – not Varlamov, excuse me. Not yeah, Varlamov. Yeah, yeah, Varlamov in that game. In that game. And he's like, he touched the puck. You know, goalies need to have a feel for things. But last night in the win, the good news, or bad news, however you want to take it, Rosales sees his um, nine-game point streak 
snap. Four goals, six assists. He doesn't get the big 10-0 there. But the Islanders still win. Peugeot, five goals in the last four games. And it's not even the way... He is sniping goaltenders. It's not... The confidence is just rushing through his veins. And he's on a line now. Yesterday, he played with Bavillier, who came back, who played pretty well. With Wallstrom, Kovarov sits. Dal Cole stays in the lineup on the second line, which should be a major, major confidence booster for him because, you know, Dal Cole hasn't scored. He's played very well. And you thought when Bavillier came back, it would be, uh, all right, Bavillier's back on that second line. But Trot said that Bavillier will play on the second and the third line. I loved him on the third line. And again, it's not one, two, three, and four. That's not how Trot likes to run it. It's every line could play against anyone as long as they're playing well. And we saw that. But I mean, the biggest storyline was how good Sorokin was. And this is this is Sorokin. This is what KHL Sorokin looks like when he gets comfortable. Every start, he has gotten better and better. And last night, he just some of the saves he were making, he was in a split probably every other save. And while you want to say maybe that's because he was off his angle when you have to stretch and make saves, deflection after deflection save. And I wrote in my piece, I don't want to give it away too much, but when a goalie's as aggressive as Sorokin is, deflections have nowhere to go. You know, if he's far back in his crease, you give up so much more area. You're trying to track a puck, you change directions. You have X amount of area to shoot at. When you're out at the top of your crease and the shot gets deflected an inch or two away from you, it's going right into you. It has no place to go. But Buffalo seemed to, that was their way they were going to try to score last night. And Sorokin just read everything. It was perfect. Even the shots he didn't read well, that he fought off where the rebounds went wherever they wanted to. He fought them off. He battled all night. Again, 14 high danger chances, uh, high danger saves, and 20 saves in the game. The Islanders didn't play well to getting that 2 nothing lead. They got caught in their own zone a lot. Trouble clearing, taking penalties. Sabres scored, by the way. It was a power play goal by Olsen. No chance. First Sorokin, but after video review, the play was deemed offsides. And during his postgame conference, uh, Shannon Hogan asked him and goes, what are you going to remember from your first NHL win? And he said, and I quote, I think, replay review. Video and, review. He said uh, video, video review. review. Okay. Fine. Same point. He said video review. And I thought, wow, he's a star goaltender, stud goaltender, and he's a comedian. Loved right. it. It was awesome. Well, now I have to dampen your mood. No. Because I have no choice with how I feel. So I have to bring you back to my level a tiny bit. I don't and want to. This is more an observation just because I've been watching the Islanders and I get the same feeling. Do you feel at all like this is exactly what happened last year? No, I don't. Why? Um, because Bavillier was a big part of their team last year, and he was out. And last year when they lost their best player, Adam Pella, after their win streak and point streak, their team went to SHIT. Now you have a player coming no, back. I, I get that aspect of it, but I'm saying they're going to go on a point streak now. They're already on it. To me, it just has the exact same makings where they're going to do enough right now to make the playoffs, and then all of a sudden – I don't feel the same thing because it's just, it's tough because they're, you know, they beat the Sabres, right? Two games. Those are teams you have to beat. Correct. And I think that this year is just about getting, it's a lot different because, you know, the Islanders could lose games still and still get points. Like the Flyers, when they were on their five game skid, they lost the last two games to the Flyers in overtime. And while that sucked, you took the point. I feel like there's not as much, I don't think they're going to be mediocre anymore. They're hitting a stride now in a shortened season. Yeah, this streak could end on um, Thursday, I think, when they play the Penguins. But it's just, I, I don't have the same feel. As much as you want me to say that it's the similar thing, and I get that. No, I just see that it, it's a similar trend. Th they went on their streak early on last season. Yeah. And then they kind of cooled off after. Now, I'm not necessarily saying they're going to cool off, but this seems to be a trend where they go on these runs early on where they just can't be touched. And then they, I mean, eventually you have to normalize. That's just the law of theories right there, right? I mean... They can't stay this hot forever. How, how many yeah. straight games is this with a point? This is, uh, they're going to go on, try to get nine. Yeah, so, I mean, they have to stop. That's fine, but it's going to stop. But the good thing about this season is you go right, right back to it. You go right back to it the next night. Yeah. And you could be playing a weaker team. But in this division, I just, I don't know. The Islanders are in second place right now. It feels, okay, I'll give it to you. I didn't even give it a thought that it's similar to last year. But now that you make me think about it, all right, it's similar. I don't want to think about how bad it could get because, again, it led from a big injury. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean that in the negative aspect of how bad it could get. I just meant that this streak feels exactly like the streak they were on last year. 
Yes. I would even say that this year's different because they just beat like a, a really bad team. It wasn't like they, you know, I don't know. That's a very, that's a very good point, Brendan. I hate you now for putting that in my head. So thank you. Thank you very much. But I think we have a guest here. And before we get to our guest, Brendan, we have a uh, little short thing from Ultranite. Yeah. I've got to play an ad, you know, keep our pockets full. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Brendan here. Do you have old jerseys? What about old hockey equipment? Rather than throw these items out, our friends over at Alternate would love to have them. This nonprofit converts jerseys into reusable face masks. The same face mask the New York Rangers wore in the bubble this past postseason. The old equipment you donate will be given to less fortunate children throughout the state. It doesn't matter what team you root for. Let's all come together to make a difference and grow the sport of hockey. To learn more, head to Altronite.com. That's Altronite.com. What an ad read. Yeah, perfect. You, you nailed it. Every time. <laughs> all right, everybody, ladies and gents, let's welcome to the show Natalina Focarelli. Natalina, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. No problem. So first off, I'll kick it off. So we got into, I thought when you said last time on the episode that you were a big fan of, who did I say? Oh, Kreider. I was wrong. It's Strom. How do, how do you feel about Strom's play this season? Um, I think he gets a lot of heat um, from a lot of Rangers fans. And um I mean, I know that he's not really producing at what he was last season, but it's kind of hard when you look at the bigger picture to look at um, a lot of the guys who aren't producing like they were last season. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, is Ryan Strom the problem for the New York Rangers? I'm going to stand by that, that he's not. Um, You know, of course, we want to see more out of him. We want to see more production out of him. But I think it's more just as a whole right now and looking at each individual player and seeing, you know, that all of them could really be doing more beside a couple of them right now. We're really playing like at the top of their game. Like Adam Fox is just ridiculous. You know, Shesterkin's kind of coming into his own now. Um, Lindgren's been playing great. And you know, those guys that we weren't really expecting like Botetto and Rooney, you know, these um, Blackwell, these types of guys, but looking at our main guys and those big names, it's kind of hard to pinpoint it on one person. And I'm going to stand by Strom still and hopefully, you know, he could pick it up along with the rest of them. Oh, he yeah. appreciates that. Before Brennan gets to his next question, are you on a swing right now? <laughs> it's my, yeah, it's my room swing. It's like okay. I was just like, is that a swing? Okay, fair enough. Brendan, continue. I was gonna, I was gonna extend the olive branch and, and say they're averaging two point three six goals per game. The whole team's underperforming right oh, now, so yeah. it's, it's not one person, but. You know, with that being said, ultimately the blame has to fall on the coaching staff. So do you think it's too early for a coaching change? When do you think that they start to look towards that? I mean, I know my opinion, so I just want to hear yours. Well, I'm interested to hear your opinion afterward. But okay. um, I think, you know, we're starting to see on Twitter and amongst the fans this like fire Quinn mentality. Um, and while, you know, of course, like you said, it has to fall at some point on the coaches. And I think a lot of that effort and a lot of, you know, those third period let ups and just seeing how many goals they don't score in the third period and how many times they haven't come back in games. Of course, you're going to look to the coach. I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm not an, an expert, but I'm not sure if maybe it's the combination between, you know, him being a young first time NHL goalie and then having a team that is the youngest in the NHL and is still in that rebuild phase. I'm not sure maybe if we're kind of seeing those ups and downs and maybe that doesn't mesh well, or maybe, you know, it's just a learning curve again. Um, you know, these are professional athletes. These are NHL caliber players. So, you know, when guys are missing open shots and, um, the effort's not there sometimes and those types of things. It's hard to look at the coaching kind of, you know, that's the easy way out, put it all in the coaching staff. You look at a guy like Lindy Ruff, you know, bringing the devils out and, you know, they're beating us five to two and you're like, oh, well now they have, you know, our guy from last year and you kind of just like to compare and you're comparing, you know, what Barry Trotz is doing over with the Islanders. So you want to compare all these coaches and put the blame somewhere. But I just think, you know, it's, it's hard to just put it on Quinn. Of course, you know, as the coach, he's got to figure things out, maybe not shuffle the lines too much, maybe try to build some more chemistry. But again, with all the injuries, it's kind of, you know, all he can really do right now. So I don't know. I'm not on like the fire Quinn, you know, train that everyone's kind of looking on and all there. It's just it's easy, of course, to blame the coaches when, you know, your team is struggling. But I think, you know, they'll find their way. Maybe you I'm know, an optimist. <laughs> you know who's driving that train? It's me. 
Yeah, I, I am. I am the. I am the conductor of that train right now. And it's, you're right. It's you can't put all the blame on Quinn. There comes a time where the onus got to fall on the players, and these guys have to step up. Amika Zibanejad has to start burying the puck, especially with the chances he gets. So there, there is enough blame on the players. But I've also noticed that the Rangers tend to hire better assistant coaches than head coaches. We look at a. Uh, you have a Mike Sullivan who takes the Pittsburgh Penguins team to the cup. Lindy Ruff, all of a sudden, he's the worst defensive coach in the world. Now the Devils are beating the Rangers twice. So you have a Jacques Martin who took the Rangers defense and has made them pretty good so far. Maybe he deserves a shot. I just don't think that Quinn was the right guy for it because, like you said, he's a young coach. It's his first coaching job in the NHL. You need somebody with a little more prowess to get the best out of the young players. And I think it was a tough assignment for him. And I, I think it's kind of run its course. And we're going to talk about a stat later in the show. I don't want to take too much of the interview, but it, it's going to prove that point. <laughs> I mean, if you fire Quinn, you know what's going to happen. Some team is going to pick him up and he's just going to be lethal. And he's going to play a team. He's going to no. join a team that plays the Rangers often. And no. he's just going to cremate you guys. He won't because he doesn't make enough in-game adjustments. Uh, I've said that you. it was so evident during the playoffs last year. Rod Brindamore completely outcoached him and it's it, you could see it throughout the third period every game how many leads have they blown he doesn't have that like knowledge of the nhl game yet where he can make those quick adjustments that other coaches can and so, it, Nat- it's tough. Yeah. so natalina so what are your takeaways from the double game i know that quinn was asked about it Kreider was asked about the compete level where it just wasn't there and to me that's completely unacceptable to not give it one hundred thirty thousand percent when you're getting paid millions of dollars but uh what was your takeaways from that game well, my, one of my takeaways from that game is that Capo Caco is going to be legit. I think, you know, seeing him yesterday, of course, the poor kid all over his face, he can't score a goal, um, you know, but the effort from him is there. And, and then, and, you know, for a guy who just turned, literally just turned 20 years old, that's really all you can ask for right now. I feel like, I, I know we talk about effort and everyone's like, we almost had it and the effort was there sometimes, you know, in all those types of games. But with guys like him, you see how bad he wants it. And with a team that's struggling right now, I think that was a takeaway, at least a positive for me. Um, I think another takeaway that you can see, you know, from the last how many ever games from the season is their power play is absolutely abysmal. Oh. Um, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, you did lose a guy, even though, you know, with all the controversy going on, you did lose Tony D'Angelo and he was a part of the power play and he was, you know, a defensive offensive guy. And now you're struggling to score and, you, you know, you have to adjust for that. You don't have Panarin. Um, and, you know, it's easy to, again, blame guys. But if you're really going to, you know, look at who is going to bear the brunt of it, it does have to be guys like Sabanajad. It does have to be guys like Kreider, even Bugnevich, you know, he got the monkey off his back. We saw it in the game and he was fired up. But overall, you know, he's kind of been on that downward since he kind of came out hot at the beginning of the season. So I think their inconsistency, they just have these lapses and, you know, in judgment sometimes, and they don't get enough, you know, sloppy pucks on net. We saw so many disgusting goals yesterday from the devils, like bouncing pucks over Shesterkin, just goals that you're like, are you kidding me? You know, we, it seems like we work so hard just to score one measly goal a game. And then you got teams that are throwing the puck on net, but that's hockey. And I think we need to do more of that. You know, we look for that extra pass a little too much. And we're like, why didn't he shoot that? Like, I always say, like, I don't even know how to ice skate. Like, I literally hold on to the edges of the rink. And I'm like, I think I could have scored there. I'm like, I really think with that opportunity, I could have scored. Like, they just, they're passing a little too much, and they're looking for that pretty perfect shot. And they just got to get more shots on that, because you saw with the, with the Devils yesterday, you know, those pucks are going to go in. You know, you're going to get those bounces sometimes. So I just think, you know, even with Kreider coming out like that and showing his frustration, you don't see that a lot. A lot of hockey guys, you know, they try to be cool and calm in those interviews, but you can kind of see that it's, it's getting to them a little bit, just like it's been getting to the fans. So tomorrow should be interesting. Tomorrow's going to be lopsided. Do you think once this offense, well, first Panera needs to come back, but once this offense wakes up, this is a team that could go on an absolute run. I mean, so Panarin's supposed to come back tomorrow. That was the announcement that the Rangers just put out. So that's, of course, huge. It's kind of funny, you know, how fans sometimes just, like, jump over these big things that are happening. They're like, it doesn't matter that Panarin's out. It doesn't matter that this person's out. It doesn't matter this, this, this. this. We should be doing this. And I'm like, "There's you just named, like, three or four, like, of our main guys. Like, you just put guys out there that are game-changing guys. Like, we got Panarin to be that game-changer. So is our offense going to lack when Panarin's not there? Probably, but um, I think our defense has shown so much improvement. There, you know, our 
penalty kill has been incredible. I think, of course, if we can find that offensive game, if our young guys can get going, if our you know, our leaders, our veterans can get going, I feel like they could be a team that goes on a tear. They are a lot of fun to watch in those glimpses of those games. You see them like coming together. And I feel like, honestly, they have they have some of the best third and fourth line guys, I feel like, in our division and in the league. Like I see so many teams that do so well, but their third and fourth line guys aren't really like, that great they're just doing their job they're playing their role I feel like we have guys who are actually scoring actually playing their role really well it's just really those those top two lines that got to get going for us and again just putting pucks on net and not looking for that perfect shot every every time so and we can do what the Islanders do we talked me and Brendan talked about I mean the Islanders last year especially they barely could score but they made the most of their opportunities they played structured defense and they won games made to the Eastern Conference Finals so I mean, the Rangers, I think Quinn even spoke about it. He wants. He said that when they played the Islanders, you got to play their style. And, and it obviously worked out for the Islanders. But I think if the Rangers could do that, especially now, especially when you don't have Panarin, lockdown defense, goaltending's been good. Get those little opportunities and just bury. I don't know how Zibanejad doesn't just bury anymore. But they can. Yeah, yeah I, I see that with the Islanders. Every time I play the Islanders, I get so, like, frustrated because they just, like, swallow you. Like, yeah. it's that very Suffocating. Tough, like, they do. They swell you. You know that you're probably scoring like a goal, two goals. You got to make the most of your opportunities, and that's where we struggle because we don't make the most of our opportunities. So Correct. that's you know when you're playing teams, especially like the Islanders, that suffocate you, and you get those open chances. It's like you're not going to get a lot of them, so you got to bury them, and that's going to be the difference in the game. Yeah, I think a, a big factor is the fans aren't in the building to yell shoot anymore. <laughs> uh, we're we're completely discounting that the Rangers only shoot when fans are there to yell shoot, obviously. So. Uh, they need us back at MSG Stat February 23rd. Well, 2,000 people will be there. But you mentioned Igor Shesterkin, and what's been your biggest takeaway so far from him? I mean, yes, he gave up four goals last game, but I thought he looked really sharp, and he's looked really sharp over the course of the last five games. Yeah, I I remember reading he he said that he, when he talked to Lundqvist, you know, Lundqvist had kind of let him know you haven't really tasted, you know, what it's like to be that number one goalie. Like you have played some games, you know, it was your first season coming up and, but it's a different ball game kind of when, you know, you're the goalie. And, and I think Shesterkin did say he kind of felt that at the beginning of the season, he was, he was like kind of taken off guard that he was a little bit nervous and, you know, you, you forget because he's Shesterkin and you, you're like, oh, we had Lundqvist and now we have like his prodigy coming up that you just think he's going to be like, perfect from the jump and he's going to be like the second coming of Lundqvist right off the bat so when he's letting in some iffy goals you're like panicking and then you have to kind of remind yourself like this is his first full season and it's not even it's like a wacky season anyway in the NHL so I think he's shown that he's just going to get better and I think he's really settled into his own and he's looking like the player that he was last season in those you know 12 or how many games he ended up playing for us um so I, I think he's going to be fine. I think that our goalies and our defense, um, the Rangers have always been a good defensive team. I mean, we've always had Lundqvist keeping us in one goal games. And I think it's always been like, I remember seeing a tweet about like Zabanajad being like the next Nash. And I'm like, please no. Like oh. I, I get like, like flashbacks of Nash. Just like, you're like, Nash, are you kidding me? Like these, these shots that you're like, a, you're like a prime, you know, offensive guy coming over and like, you know, he was great for us, but you're like some of those chances that he missed. And I'm like, please, no, like we can't have this curse again on a guy like Zibanejad. So, um, but yeah, I think Sturkin's going to be great. I think he's showing that he's coming into his own and that nervousness at the beginning of the season was just what it was. It was young nerves. So. Zibanejad is just in a slump. That's, no, that's yes, it is. but this is too long. I She just brought up Brick Nash, and I have his missed chance in the Stanley Cup final engraved in my brain. I have nightmares about that so often. <laughs> Oh God, I I couldn't stand him when he was here. I'm, I'm sorry, ba- I'm very pessimistic. <laughs> that was such a bad memory. I thought they were going to score. That was the game. Would have been two two going back to LA, but oh. But we know what happened, right? Yeah, <clears throat> uh, yeah. Funny guy over here. How many uh, how many cups of the Islanders been in the last couple of years? I don't so. know. Short term memory loss. Um, Natalina, <laughs> what are the, what do you think has been the biggest disappointment? Is it play of the Banajad or Lafreniere not being that? Goal scoring machine that people, you know, maybe more, maybe expected him to be um, this season. I mean, I think it's like so crazy. I don't know. Maybe I'm not, we're not used to having like first overall picks. You know, it's been how many years? Like, we're not used to having like these, these game changing, organization changing types, you know, like a Crosby or like, you know, one of those, uh, you know, first overall picks. So when we have one, it's like we expect so much of him right away. For me, Lafreniere's, 
doesn't like bother me at all. Like, could he be scoring more? Could he be doing a little bit more? Yeah. But like, again, I think with the younger guys, it is more about the effort with the guys like Savannah, Jad Kreider, who's making all this money now off a new long contract. I love your effort, but effort really isn't enough. You know, you got to start producing at some point. You are the leaders of this team. You do need to put up points and you do need to show up on the stats for guys like Lafreniere and Kako and just those young guys, even guys like Fox, who's playing like what, like played like 27 minutes or something ridiculous. One of these games. He's like always on the ice, like guys like that. I don't mind an effort game. I don't mind looking back at a game being like Lafreniere looked good out there. Like he, did he score? Did he miss a couple chances? Yeah. But was he like really out there? Was his speed there? Was he getting to the net? Was he showing like, you know, those flashes of himself that to me is, is less concerning than a guy like Zibanejad who again, I know he had COVID. I think it's his hair. I really think he needs to cut it off. Thank you. I genuinely like feel like it's like the mojo thing, like (laughs) get it off and like cut it out and like start fresh or something. Cause like we need him to get going. He's, you know, without him, we wouldn't have been half of the team that we were last season. So we can't just like overshadow that and be like Lafreniere is going to, you know, take over and we don't need Zibanejad to do what he's doing because we have Lafreniere now. Like it doesn't work that way. So I think it's got to, you know, fall on Zibanejad a little bit. His hair is getting caught on his skates. That's why he's so slow out there. Do you guys have telepathy? I mean, you're saying that about the hair, and I'm watching Brendan because we had these conversations off air. Brendan, all Brendan says is, the guy needs a haircut. It's his hair. It's his hair. Yeah, first of all, it's disgusting. I mean, he, there's something as flow, but this guy's hair is way too long. Trim it up, you know, make it look nice, feel good. They always say feel good, look good, play good, right? He's got to get that mojo back a little bit. Did you Ooh. get a haircut, Brendan? Not, not for this, but you see how it's it's clean up there. No, I'm not. I'm not growing that to my my behind like he does. You got to trim that up. It didn't help you in your hockey game the other day. Yeah, funny guy. <laughs> funny. I'm not getting paid though. That's that's very true. All right, Natalina. Last question. <laughs> Do you think the Rangers can find a way to make this a worthwhile season? <laughs> I mean, I think with the young team, I remember it's it's like so crazy because last time we talked, there was like so much optimism and so much like all these like possibilities of like this new season, like this season coming back and finally getting hockey back. So like, I don't want to, you know, discourage the season and, and, you know, take it for granted because they are in such a crazy, you know, year. And I think we can't discredit the fact that there aren't fans there. We have a bunch of young guys who are playing in their first or second NHL seasons and it's, there's no fans there. And that's a huge part of it. I mean, I know they're professionals, but you know, to have them playing without fans, it does affect them to be playing the same teams over and over again. Like to just have that mentality that, that it's a different season going on does, you know, affect them. I think that any season, you know, is a worthwhile season. I think with the injuries with Truba, like, you know, like who is next at this point? Like what could, what else are like, what's happening with these injuries? But um, I think like for a guy like Adam Fox, this is going to be a year that we remember in his career and remember like, this is when, you know, he, he came out to the NHL. Like he was great last year for a rookie, but um, a guy like him, a guy like Lindgren, just seeing guys in roles, D Giuseppe coming out and just like, you know, every game he's noticeable and he's a guy, you know, Shesterkin getting his games in Georgiev, like having that tandem going on with the goalies. I don't think it's ever going to be a wasted season. It's just, for me, it's hard because it's like, then you have guys like Panarin, Kreider, Zibanejad, who are like older and like in their primes. And you're like, you don't, we're in this like weird kind of middle where we don't want to wait too long for the young guys to develop and be enough for a cup run because then our older guys are going to, you know, not be out of their prime. So it's kind of like this balance. But I think, you know, within the next couple of years, I still stick by my Stanley Cup. Well, you, you <laughs> just took a much more level-headed approach than I'm going to take in about five minutes. So kudos to you for that. But I do think they will be towards that cup contention in a couple don't of years. Like, don't, like, bring this episode back in three years if they're, like, at the bottom of the Metro and you're, like – we, we will, but not because of what you said, because of what's about to come out of my mouth, probably. So, it's okay. I'm, well, if they're not in cup contention in three years, then they basically did just waste Panarin's contract. So there's that type yeah. of that's coming with it, too. Definitely Natalina, a lot of pressure. Natalina, thank you very much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Of course. Anytime, guys. Thank you so much. No problem. Take care. I cut off a little early. My bad. You did. Um, you just I'm sorry. Picked her I'm, out. Sorry now. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. my God. What a rude, what a rude host. All right, guys. So there are a lot of um, uh, organizations trying to help the community, especially on Long Island and Long Island Hockey Co. 
is selling hats. For every hat they sell on their website, they'll be donating 50 meals to families in need. So go to longonhockeyco.com and check out their hats. It's a great way to help the community. And shout out to them. A great organization, great company. Shout out to Long Island Hockey Co. I mean, they're great. Their their stuff is stellar. I I wear my hat every day, and the shirt's comfortable. I'm I'm not no not one complaint. And we help the community, so it's a it's a win win. I mean, the Rangers haven't done often. Speaking of complaints, you ready, Stefan? Hold on, I'm gonna buckle up. Get a stretch going. Get a little neck crank in here. All right. The Islanders played the Sabers, who came off a hiatus. What the Islanders do? Beat them. Twice. Twice. The Kings played the Wild coming off a hiatus. What the Kings do? Beat them. Shut them out. The Rangers play the Devils coming off a hiatus. What do the Rangers do? Get shellacked. Get dominated. Get absolutely pumped. You can use any type of adjective that you want to use. They looked like dog insert superlative here. Or you, could just say, or you could just say no chemistry or system, man. The Rangers look like they are a, are a pickup team of decent players. You just go to men's league, the locker room. Hey, guys, you want to stay after? We got a game in like 10 minutes. I'm Madison Square Garden. I just want to play. Oh, sure. Aaron Asham's just chilling there, waiting for his moment to shine again. But, yeah. But, okay. So, the, obviously, not a great performance. Yeah. I think that the Rangers themselves talked about it which is great. Uh, I love that they keep talking about after their terrible performances, how bad they are and how much better they need to be. How about you just do it? Ugh, uh, th- I'm not going down that path. Igor Shesterkin is a very good goaltender. That got solidified last night. Jacob Truba had a soccer kick one past him for the Devils to start getting momentum. Artemi, yeah, Panarin, uh, Artemi Panarin and Keandre Miller are both out, and that's huge. She mentioned, Natalina mentioned Artemi Panarin's absence, but Keandre Miller might be equally as important on that back end. We saw they hadn't given up any more than two goals per game in Shesterkin's, I think, last four or five starts. And the one game Miller's out, all of a sudden the, the floodgates start to open a little more. Uh, to me, that's not a coincidence. Miller is that important despite him being 14 games into his NHL career, which is mind-boggling to me. I mean, Miller hurts. Not, I mean, I don't know. Of course, Panarin's Panarin, and you can't really replace him. but. The way Miller's been playing, and unreal. I just—he's a huge for how good of, of an offense this team should be. Losing Panarin, your best player, shouldn't cripple you. To—it's not like the Islanders losing Barzal, where you. it's where it's game over. Like, I mean, lately that has been a played a part. Pajot scoring, Lee scoring, Bailey getting assists, Nelson scoring, the fourth line was scoring as well. But again, when in the beginning part of the season, it was Barzal or the team was losing. Even when Barzal played well, the team could still lose. Uh, Rangers should not be like that, where they lose their top uh, top offensive player and now look absolutely lost. I think Miller's loss should should hurt more. Yeah, it probably unfor- will. But unfortunately, you know, the Rangers aren't scoring, so not having Panarin just adds to that issue. Well, they both should be back Thursday. Okay. So that, that's optimistic. But Philip Edel's still out. Truba's now out four to six weeks. So you still have injuries that you're dealing with. They're the youngest team in the NHL. We have to remember that. I'll try to remember that over the course of the next three minutes. I promise. But when I watch their game, two things stick out to me. One, they can't catch a pass. I've never, I mean, I tweeted out that they might want to invest in Howie Stickwax because it was just the most absurd amount of bobbled passes and no clean entries. And then when they do get a clean entry, there's no puck support. And I've watched Capo Caco digest his way through the neutral zone a couple of times. Phenomenal entries. He gets in, he picks his head up, and this 20-year-old kid's now on an island because there's no support. And sure, that could be something on the players, but to me, it's more about the coaching staff and the systems they have in place on what to do once you enter the zone. You watch a very good puck-moving team. The Colorado Avalanche stick out to me in my mind. When they enter the zone, there's two things that happen. There's either a clear lane for somebody to skate and make a pass, or it's a hard rim and they have support on the opposite wall. They get the puck, get possession, set up in the zone. It's very simple. But they do it to a perfect. Ex- they they exemplify to the rest of the league how to execute that, and because of that execution, they it makes them so hard to defend. It's why they're always at the top of the league in goals. The Rangers, you don't have to do it as perfect. You just have to do something where you're not turning the puck over in what we call the gray areas at the top of the blue line, and they do that way too often. And to me, it comes back to coaching, and it's why we just had this conversation with Natalina about David Quinn. He's past his welcome in New York. That's just my opinion. I don't think he's going to get fired to the end of the season if he gets fired, 
But to me, I would do it now. And you ready for why I would do it now? Because the season's not over? Well, wait, it is they, over. Wake, wake the guys up? Yeah, the season's over. They're not making the playoffs in this division. They're not I would, say, I would say that way they learn under a new coach this year. That way next year they're not in a situation like this. Well, I'm going to show you something courtesy of our good friend Luca Colombano. I okay. told him I'd give him a shout-out. He tagged me in this on Twitter, and it's from Phil Kosher. Uh, I saw this. I read it, and I said, wow, eerily similar. Yeah. Steven Stamkos was taken first overall in 2008. He yep. had no points through his first seven games. He had two goals through his first 16. At that point, the Tampa Bay Lightning fired then-head coach Barry Melrose. The New York Rangers have played 14 games. Alexei Lafreniere has one goal. Stamkos finished that season with 23 goals and 46 points over 79 games, a .58 point-per-game pace. Lafreniere is currently at a .07 point-per-game pace. It worked for them. That move paved the way for a Stanley Cup. Years down the road. Years down the road, but you don't fire Barry Melrose then. You don't know what happens next. If if all of a sudden Stamkos figured it out under Barry Melrose, maybe you don't fire, you don't hire John Cooper, and then the whole thing doesn't pan out. Every single move ties in. Same way if you don't <laughs> <laughs> if you don't talk about uh, the Rangers, right? They're on a coaching search. They hire AV. If you hire Mike Sullivan, it's a different story now. Uh, I mean, th- there's all these moves pan out in the long run. A coach that does not get the most out of a first overall pick is obviously not going to get the most out of everybody else in the locker room. And no, I don't look at Lafreniere and say one goal. Oh, my God, he's a bust. What I do look at is I say he doesn't look involved as involved as I want to see. Kako doesn't have many points. He's got two goals and one assist, but he's involved. You hear his name. He holds the puck. He possesses the puck. Lafreniere doesn't do that. They don't give him the support. They don't give him the chances. And it's really starting to tick me off because if you put me behind the bench, I would throw him out there in every situation. I would never play a Jack Johnson. I'd always play the younger kid over him because it comes to the point where, yes, you're in a the third year of your rebuild, the final year of your rebuild. Let these young kids get those minutes. Your penalty kill should never have Brendan Smith on it when you have a young guy like Libor Hayek who might be struggling, but you want to see if he could take that step on the bench. There's certain aspects of their game that they should push their younger kids in. Force them to play, especially when there's no fans in this crowd that could boo them, and it's just them on the ice, and they don't do it. Lindy Ruff does it. Lindy Ruff just beat you twice. The world's worst assistant coach, right? Just beat you twice. Maybe that says something. And I watched Mike Sullivan coach. I watched Lindy Ruff coach, and they have Jacques Martin on their bench. And to me, if you're not going to go after a gallant, you have your head coach on the bench right now. Look what he's done with the defense. Give the guy a chance. Don't overthink it. Don't do what you've done with the last two head coaches. And please, please make the change before this guy Quinn forces one of these other top picks to be another Elias Anderson. Oof, you mentioned Elias Anderson's name. Now everything gets spicy. Yeah, it's not it's not good. And I agree with every point you made, Brendan. Well done. Way to not lose your cool while also passively aggressively con- 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 Claiming about your New York Ranger team. So in the last couple of minutes, Brendan, I have a question for you. Would you rather talk about NHL Rewind or would you rather talk about our game, our fun game against each other on let's, Monday? Let's talk about our game because let's you, talk deserve, about our game. you deserve Thank it. You. Thank you. I'll let you go first. I mean, there's nothing much to say besides my team dominated and Stefan stood in his dome. I have to. I can't lie. I did. I had a good game. And Stephen uh, played. Uh, I went up to him and I said, "If you played that way when we were at Cortland together, we would have won a national championship." But at the same time, we. I, there was no way that you had. He had to make like seven saves that would have been on ESPN top ten. I mean, I, I would love to look at just how many high danger chances my team allowed for you guys to have. Just because it felt like every shift, I was. I mean. The fact that I had to make two stacking the pad saves and I got the glove on both of them just made me feel real good. But I went into this game going, okay, I'm not going to play. My wrist has been killing me. I'm just not going to show up. Then I looked at the schedule and said, oh, it's Brennan's team. And we only <laughs> play them once this year. I have to play. Mm-hmm. So, we play twice? No, we're going to play you in the postseason probably. Oh, I hope so. I can't wait to do it again. Um, but uh, yeah, you probably guys would probably win just because you know, it is what it is. But I wasn't going to play. So you guys in the schedule said, okay, I got to tape my wrist up. I got to get it going. I was in so much pain after that game. Well, I, of course you were, because you were your glove was moving like this the whole entire time. Yeah, it, it was fun. I you got two shots on goal. The first one you flubbed. I'm not gonna lie, you flubbed. No, it. I I couldn't. I didn't flub it. Now I'll admit when I flub a shot, 
I was going to wind up and rip it, but there were bodies in front. So I tried to shoot it low, just get a rebound, which it went out in front, but it got cleared. I couldn't rip it high because you know me, how I, I shoot on you in practice. I don't aim for the net when I'm shooting on stuff and I aim right for the head. Yeah. Try to wake him up. Fair enough. No, I mean, I would hit, go for my head too. I'm a short goaltender. It works out, but you did pick up an assist, Brendan. I did. I tied the game on the power play. I tied the game, right? Yeah. It, it was a, a good play by, I can't remember who was in front, but I got the puck to the front. But I, you you stole that game, and then you made two out of three saves in the shootout too. So yeah, that was that was fun during the warmups. Actually, I was going against one of our better players, and he had like six or seven uh, like shootout breakaway attempts. And I stopped him, and he goes, "This is before the game started." He goes, "Well, that's really bad for me, but if we go to shootout, that's good for you." And I forgot to talk to him about it. I'll talk to him about it. Shout out to Singer, my man Singer, if he's listening, which we'll we'll talk the next game. But Jason and unfortunately, I blew, our team blew a three-one lead, which sucked because I I knew I was playing well, and I was like, okay, I, I want this game. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I'm in pain. I don't want this to go to extra time. Fortunately, there was no overtime because that would have been just. I would. Yeah, I wouldn't want to have to. I wouldn't have to want to rob one of our friends in overtime. Like that's no, just. If, if it went to overtime, I think we would have taken it. Probably just too many chances, but it went to a shootout. Unfortunately, I played well enough to get through it. I got another game later tonight at a, a puck drops at ten oh five. So Ugh. wrist is still killing me, but we'll wrap it up and hope to continue where I left off. Yeah, no, it's not often I say you played well, but you played well. So congratulations that. on that. I, I appreciate. It. On that note, it is seven o'clock, guys. Um, we'll be back at it again on Sunday and next Wednesday. Thank you for everybody that tuned in. Check out our sponsors: Alternate Long Island Hockey Show and our new one. SUNY Cortland Sport Management Program, guys. Thank you so much, and we'll see you again next week live. The Back Check is your one-stop shop for NHL news and all things Rangers and Islanders. Thanks for sticking with us for this edition of The Back Check. Follow the show on social media at Back Check Pod.